Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best time fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. My partner's name is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a lot of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They sure do. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts, and don't forget our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by our executive producer, Mr. Brad Nearman, down in Lando Lakes, Florida. He calls himself Berserk Productions. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Clayton Yantis from Fallen Outdoors. What a great organization this guy represents. You'll be enjoying hearing from Clayton Yantis. And I get to talk to Joey Safuentes. He just won an elite tournament this past weekend. He's a rookie, starting out his elite career with a bang. Let me turn it over to Dave Kranz. He's going to bring out Dan Johnston. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix. The best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. How are you? I am doing good. You know, we all get these opportunities to fish, and sometimes it's not as good as we'd like it to be. And so we go to our favorite spots, and we sit there, and we sit there, and we sit there. And, you know, all of a sudden, at some point, you have to decide, okay, they're not here, or they're here, and they're not going to bite. This segment, we're talking about... uh, when to make that decision when fishing is tough, it's not anything that doesn't happen to every fisherman out there, is it? Every one of us, Dave, unfortunately, more times than we want it to be. It's, you know, if, yeah, that goes without saying. But I, I think uh, I would start by saying two things. I, I think with anything we do in our life, no matter what it is, adversity builds character and attitude is very important within building that character so if we stay positive through difficult situations it gives ourselves a much better uh, uh, availability to be successful in anything we do the second thing that i would say specific to fishing is i try to get my head around why is it tough why am i not getting bit did the water blow out because of a big rain and turn into chocolate milk is the water crystal clear but the barometer went through the roof is it blowing 50? Is it, did we get a great big giant cold front that just dropped the bottom out of everything? Um, did the water fall four feet? And understand, is there an explosion of bait? Is just shad, co- is the lake covered up with shad? Like everywhere you look, that's all you can see in your graph. So there's too much food. Is it, we, we, we got to get our head around why is it tough? And that's, that took me years and years and years because I would always try to, fish history and say, well, I don't care how tough it is. I can go flip one off that stump. Well, not necessarily if the stump's out of water. So (laughs) I I think that understanding why it's tough is the first thing. And then you just go back to all of the things that, you know, we've learned Dave from those of us, those people out there that are are so much more dialed in to all these things. than we are especially region regionally um, and all these things where you start to apply, okay, based on the fact that this water fell drastically and that's the why now I think I might know how to deal with it. I understand fish pull. They try to get to security. 
Um, they're going to start to get access to deep water, so I'm going to start to look at those types of things. How fast is it falling? Um, do I want to get on targets next to drop-offs? And that would be the next strategy. Now, you still might not get bit because there's different very varieties of tough. There's tough, and then there's really tough. Like, you can get drastically falling water that's chocolate milk after a cold front. Those are the days you go out and there's 30 boats in something, and there's one fish caught. I get that. That's like the ultimate example of pretty much everybody getting whooped. But at least you get your head around why it's tough and stay positive, you know, most importantly, and then try to apply things to give you every chance to be successful knowing why it's so difficult that day. I think that's probably the best. If I were to offer any little small piece of advice out there to anybody, that would be the, those would be the two biggest things about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and people stay way too long sometimes because of like what you said, your fishing history, you know, they're here, they should show up, but, and maybe they will, but maybe it's six or eight hours later or 10 hours later. And if you have that kind of time in a day, if you're fun fishing, if you, if you're in a tournament, it's a different situation. You have to catch fish now and, and salvage the day, but, but don't be afraid to go back when the fishing is tough. If the conditions change, I think changing conditions, you can, see sometimes during the day and I know we've both seen it where two or three times throughout the day something you know we've seen fronts come through quickly you've seen to get windy you've seen it get sunny and it gets then all of a sudden the clouds are back or the wind direction changes and maybe you you're doing the same thing but you have to move and do it in a different different area yeah that's the million dollar question that I don't think you myself or ninety <laughs> percent of fishermen that have fished a lot if you were to put on this podcast in my chair right now to answer that have the to have the right answer to because we just don't know there's some days when it's really tough. My head's thinking I'm gonna go hit a thousand spots knowing I'm only gonna get three bites. There's other days where it's the same thing where my head's thinking, you know what? I know they're always here, but I know it's tough, so I'm going to stay here and pound it, and hopefully they fire for 10 minutes. There's no right answer. And if there was, the same guys would win everything every day because you just you, that is the million-dollar question. And when it's tough, it's, it's, it really is a coin flip because there's absolutely justifiably two sides to that issue. I mean, covering, let's say they're – you know they've been on boat docks for a week and some big thing came through where they just kind of shut down. Well, I had 10 really good docks. Now I'm going to go fish at 500, knowing yeah. I'm only going to get three bites. Or you go to those 10 and grind them out. I don't have the answer to that. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody does. But I think the most important thing is to understand that it's tough. And whatever philosophy you decide to chase, be positive in doing it. Believe that you've made the right decision. Because the last thing you want to do, and this is why I want to make that point first, is it's really tough and you go try your first two things and you fail and then you start to get negative like, oh, man, I might have messed up. No, you didn't. You didn't mess up because you wouldn't have known if you wouldn't have tried these first two things. And staying positive because, boy, the tougher days, the last two hours of that tough day is what separates really, really efficient, effective anglers from a lot of people because they still have their head in it. And they just grind it out and grind it out. How many times have you heard, man, I pulled up on a bank and I caught three in the last 30 minutes? Yeah. Well, somebody else might have been idling around with their head down thinking nobody's going to catch them today. And I think that's more important than anything. 
Yeah, and, and when the move and the fishing gets tough, it may not be moving from where you're fishing in three to five foot of water to another part of the lake in three to five foot of water, but maybe that move needs to be to fishing eight to 15. So I think people need to keep in mind that it may not be the geographic area, but the depth and the structure or whether it's weeds or rock or current or no current, it might be a totally different uh, area, not just, a, not just a different spot with the same, same type of cover, I guess is my point. It's, and that's a good point. And I, I will I will add one thing to that. And this is something that I've, I've tried to do a lot. Sometimes I've been successful doing it and sometimes not. But I'll get in an area where I call, I've caught them really good. And if for some reason it's really, really tough, the first thing I'm going to do is change the way I present to them. So instead of throwing a 10-inch worm, I might go to a net rig and downsize, go to lighter line and get finesse and try to change my presentation first to think they might still be here, but they just don't want what they wanted pre-front, but they haven't pushed. And that's, that happens. It absolutely happens. And all of a sudden you catch five or six on something small that you wouldn't have thrown when they're really biting because you can catch them on something bigger and your average size is bigger. I get that. But sometimes it's a presentation thing. Slow down. Maybe, maybe it's speed. Maybe it's the size of the bait. Maybe it's line size. And a lot of times I'll try that first just to take that card out of the deck. And sometimes it works and they just don't want something big. And especially, especially after a front, that happens all the time. Instead of fishing fast with something big and trying to cover a ton of water, maybe get to where you know they were and try to downsize and grind a few out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to throw another one out there. Uh, when the move, when it's tough like that, is maybe the move is from fishing smallmouth that you were on to going to largemouth or from largemouth to smallmouth. It, we're talking bass here, and I'm t- primarily, you know, not only tournaments, but if you're on a fun fun lake and you're, you've got both, sometimes that can solve with your day. Well, it can, and so can fishing for the same species with a different pattern. You know, smallmouth set up in cold water, uh, in cold fronts, multiple ways. Sometimes they get super target-centric, and sometimes they get out and they suspend like crappies do. I've seen them do that all the time, like spot, spotted bass yeah, do that. Right. They'll be in the middle of a creek, and you're catching them on an underspin. All of a sudden, you can see them on forward-facing. They're just out there. So I, I agree with you. And again, it's a matter of staying positive, understanding why it's tough, I think, is just as important as staying positive. And then just trying to put every single little thing in your advantage and and making the best of it. You know, hopefully, I'm glad we don't have too many podcasts on when it's tough. I'd rather talk about it when they bite. You know, it's a lot more fun. But, but, I, but I think it's important to because to, we all have these days and those of us that work hard for a living, like every single listener out there right now, our time is precious. We don't get to pick our days. And sometimes we just got to go. And I'd rather go when it's tough than not go at all. You know, so it's important to just understand the, the game that you're going to play, you know, David, be like going to, to a, a college basketball game, playing the number one team in the nation on their home floor versus some team on your home floor that's ranked 200th. Your mindset, I know you want to win every game and give everything you've got, but there's got to be that little extra edge of I'm going to have to grind through this and do, make no mistakes and do everything in my power to have a chance to be successful. And it's kind of that mindset on those tough days. It is, and I, I totally agree with you. It's, it's uh, better to talk about the, the positive things, how things are great and how you catch them and do that, but fishing in tough is tough when it's tough is a good uh, 
topic to have and we need to cover it and you always do a great job and I thank you and look forward as always to talking to you next week Dan hey thanks for having me Dave oh no problem that was Dan Johnston I am Dave Kranz this segment segment was brought to you by St. Croix the best rods on earth the We Fish ASA podcast we'll be right back after these messages Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say the guests I get to interview on this segment, they have a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is Clayton Yantis. He is the Illinois State lead for the Fallen Outdoors. Welcome to the program, Clayton. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. So... We'll give this uh, several times here the, for those listeners that want to find out more about what we're talking about. The FallenOutdoors.org will give you an overview. Uh, tell us a little bit about the organization and how you got involved. Um, so the organization started in 2009. A group of veterans from Afghanistan. They wanted to help veterans. They were really big into the outdoors. And that's just where the idea stemmed from. It started in Washington. I started in 2011, 2012 time frame. There's only four states. I helped stand up Team Missouri. I then moved duty stations to Fort Riley, and I helped stand up Fort Riley. Um, as military members, when we're transitioning and moving around, we lose hunting properties, we lose friends, and what the Fallen Outdoors provides is a network of opportunities for veterans as they travel across the United States and maybe in their home states they can get hunting opportunities that they wouldn't have anywhere else. Um, and now we operate in 43 states, 44 states, depending on when people transition and move. If someone is at a small base in Connecticut, you know, there's a TFO team there. Well, if they decide to move or the army moves them, then that, that team will shut down until someone else can stand it back up. So yeah, going on what, 12 years now, 10 years now. So um, the organization, our Midwest page, holds about 18,000 veterans combined across all four regions. We hold roughly 50 to 60,000 veterans across all four pages. And then what that provides is 
if you're a veteran in Illinois and you want to go to Florida and do a deep sea fishing trip, you join the Southern region page and you talk to the team lead down there and he will put you with guides. We provide low cost or free outdoor adventures for all veterans and active duty service members. Yeah, that that's awesome. And you know, you don't think about it when you you, you the men and women in in the uh, military they do get moved around a fair amount, and you don't think about that. You're an outdoors person. You fish and you hunt, and you you get all of a sudden instead of being in the Carolinas, now you're in Texas or California or somewhere else, and and you have. Uh, it is hard to get. It's hard enough to get hunting and fishing uh, opportunities and good ones. So this is a great network right. to bring all that together. So, um, well, on that point, um, so Team Illinois last year, we took out 455 veterans within the state of Illinois and we ran 142 trips. And so that's Scott Air Force Base. That's the Naval Air. That's the Naval Station up around Chicago. We bring in veterans from all over the state, from Metropolis all the way to the Wisconsin border. Yeah. No, that's that's great, and uh, and it doesn't matter whether you're you're current or or a past veteran, and uh, or you know is currently serving. This is an opportunity that that's great, and uh, the fallenoutdoors.org. I want to give that again, and uh, uh, what what. Uh, made you become the Illinois state lead? Why? I mean, it, obviously it started a couple of years before, but, but there had to be the, uh, something that set you off that said, I want to really help on this organization. So the idea behind getting veterans in the outdoors and getting back to, um, you know, making new friends is the PTSD factor, the, the amount of suicides that happen within the veteran community. And so, uh, well, even children who lose parents in combat, we work a lot with Gold Star children. Mm-hmm. We mentor and we provide services that their lost family member wouldn't be able to provide. So what got me started was really just having that feeling of not having enough friends or not. I'm missing that veteran connection. Yeah, we have We have civilian friends. We have people that we work with, but they don't truly understand what we go through. And so when you meet those military members and you're in that duck blind and you can talk about things that you can't talk about with anyone else, that helps with that PTSD factor that lets you know that you have someone that you can call and rely on. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. And and as we all know, as outdoors people hunting and fishing, how therapeutic it is in itself to be out in nature and to participate and to have these opportunities and how important that is. And uh, it, it's a gift in many cases because uh, it's an escape, but yet it's a reality that you get to go and and share time with others that have the same thing that you have as far as the desire to be outdoors, to fish and hunt, and especially with people that, that also served in whatever branch of the military. All right. Um, you know, as, as we get older, I... Um so what really wanted me to get involved was just the team. The team of Illinois was doing great things. They were just smaller. And then I had gotten medically retired out of the military. I had found my way back to Illinois. My kids were here. And so I start, I first start got involved just as a staff member. Um, the opportunity came open. The, the previous lead, he was taking on a new job. He was traveling more. I'd already ran a few teams. And so I volunteered and jumped on board. And um, like I said, Three years ago, we took out 100 veterans. Last year, we took out 220. 
well, two years ago. And then last year we bumped that number up to 455. And I think just seeing the, the spirits and the faces of the veterans changes when they first show up to the boat ramp, you know, and then they get on the boat and they're out there for four or five hours up on Lake Michigan and that charter and they're catching fish and they're joking and they're having fun with other veterans, their whole demeanor changes. Um, and then recently I've gotten several letters from family members thanking me for the opportunity for their husband or their wife. We do all female hunts too, but the dramatic effect that these trips have on veterans when they go home to their families, even for a few days, just helps change the whole mood. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I get a, an opportunity uh, to do a veterans event here in Crystal Lake. They, uh, the Marine Corps, local Marine Corps, does it, puts it together, and I've shared the boat with uh, quite a few different people, and it's um, it's so good just to get out there. And unfortunately, some of the guys that come out of the 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 hospitals and things like that, they only get one or two opportunities a year, and that and that's too bad that it that that's what it has to be. But to, to not even have that opportunity would be worse, wouldn't it? No, yeah, no, it's significantly worse, and it's kind of heartbreaking sometimes, and that's the only opportunity that they that they have. Um, the organization up there that does the fishing, what's that called? Uh, uh, the Tom, uh, the guy that does it is, um, he's, uh, it's McHenry County Marine Corps. Uh, I'm, I don't remember the detachment number, but they, um, they do an organization uh, on, uh, they do it with the, in conjunction with the city of Crystal Lake on, um, Three Oaks Recreation Area, and I, I can get you the information. I don't have that in front of me, um, but I can get you the information so that maybe there can be some people that um, that if there's not an event that you're holding that they can send, you guys can send people. Well, and that's what I like to do. I mean, we're a very large organization. Like I said, 43 states. Um, as far as what I am tracking, we are the largest organization that's in the state of Illinois that puts on the amount of veterans the trips that we do and the amount of veterans that we take. And so I, I like helping the other organizations, the, the localized organizations. Yeah. I like helping them and, and sharing fundraising ideas and sharing ideas to get veterans out in different trips and opportunities. And it helps everyone grow. We all have the same mission. Just organizations are different in, in every aspect. Sure. So if anybody's listening across the country that wants to, if they have property that, um, they could say, hey, we got some room to have some people come and hunt here, or they have ponds on their property or a lake and something they want to share and make it uh, available. The fallenoutdoors.org is the right spot for them to go to uh, possibly volunteer either uh, their, their lands or their waters. You can find us on Facebook. We have the website, thefallenoutdoors.org, but we have several pages on Facebook that you can always contact and reach out to and say that I'm willing to help. I, ha I have a boat this weekend. And I'm willing to take two veterans out. Give us a give us a week to fill the spot at least. But if you say that, you know, if you're in Texas and you have a lake and you're willing to let veterans come out and fish on it, you can contact the state lead in Texas and um, he will try to work with you depending on where you're located. Every state has a lead. Every state has staff members. And they're more than willing to travel and take opportunities like that because, like you said, it, it is hard to get property and um lakes boats not everyone can afford a boat but if you have a charter on one of the larger great lakes or if you have a charter along the coast and you're willing to take veterans out even just charge gas and you're willing to waive the the guide fee but 
obviously you want reimbursed for your fuel. That's expensive, but that's what we raise money to do. We, yeah. help, we raise money to help guides and charters to take veterans out. Excellent. So if people want to contribute time or land or waters or services that they can get a hold of you, like you said, many ways with the Facebook and, um, and the, uh, so many, so many good things happen on these trips. And like you said, family members uh, can see a difference in the participants that come back. I, and I think uh, we can say the same thing every time we go out and we get to f- fish or hunt, it makes the day better, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I carry, I, I have a smaller boat that I do a lot of my bass fishing and crappie trips. And sometimes it's just nice to go by yourself and, and have that peace and quiet. But it is, it does make a difference for the individuals that can't. We, we work a lot with, um, fishing for freedom. We, we go over and help them sometimes. Um, there's an organization on Lake Shelbyville that, um, that we're working with the last couple of years, and it's just nice just to help out and do what we can. Absolutely. Clayton Yantis, thank you for being on the podcast here, thefallenoutdoors.org. You're the Illinois State Lead. Thank you for your time and thank you for your service and everything you're doing for these men and women across the country. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk to you. Appreciate the opportunity to share what we do. Oh, no problem. That was Clayton Yantis. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta Outdoors, from bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. Please remember that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericanfishing.org. And if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. Boy, this is timely. Our next guest uh, just barely got off the weigh-in stand. Uh, What a big victory. He's a rookie on the Bassmaster Elite Circuit. 
Second tournament in the Elites, he wins the $100,000 check and the Big Blue Trophy. Please welcome Joey Cifuentes. Hey, Joey, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, can't believe what just happened. <laughs> what? You can't believe that I pronounced your name right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, you did good. You did good. It's been, uh, it's been a struggle for a lot of people, but uh, everybody's starting to learn it, and they'll figure it out. But, no, you did a great job. Oh, thank you. No, no, no. You're, you're talking about uh, a dream coming true and having a hard time believing that you actually won an elite event so early in your career, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, really I've been, you know, fishing for, for a little bit, but a rookie this year on the elite series, but to, to it, it's all the stuff I've been through and the close wins, almost winning a few tournaments. Like it was worth the wait to do it right here on, on Bassmaster stage. So it's been awesome. You know, I, I said this when, when major league fishing started, I said, uh, uh, boy, this is going to, you know, a lot of people are saying it's going to dilute the competition with a lot of the top anglers going to Major League Fishing. And I said, no, it just means that Bassmasters got an opportunity to develop more superstars because there, there's more tournaments and different guys, and, and it's got a great opportunity for these young guys to step up and do some serious damage and collect some serious money. And this is proven time and again, and it was certainly proven true this last weekend on, uh, uh, on Lake Seminole down in uh, Georgia on the Florida border uh, w with you winning it and looking at some of the names of the people that, that are popping up. Why, why, are the, why are you young guys just doing so good? You know, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're just... You know, we're, we're, we're uh, eager to get in there and, and win, I mean, I guess. But, you know, all these guys are, are really good. You don't, you don't get to, to this level of fishing without being uh, really good at what you do. Uh, it's, just, it's just sometimes they line up, you know, and um, this tournament did for me, and, and I, I really had fun. I, I did what I like to do and, um, you know, got the W. But, but there's, man, I had, you know, Tyler Rivette behind me and Greg Hackney. Mike Iaconelli. I mean, there's there's some big name guys in there, and, and it was uh, it was a stressful tournament, especially that last day. I know y'all watched, but um, man, we I'm so pumped that I got it done. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable! And you know what? I I, under, I understand I understand what you're saying, and you start talking about those names, and I I, I look at it and I say, boy, it's got to be so intimidating going up against guys like that. But you're not really up against guys like that. It's you against the fish for the most part. It doesn't make a difference who the other guys are that are that are watching boats that day, right? That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's that that's hundred percent correct. It's just it's I I don't I don't worry about any of that. You know, I mean, that last day though, I was kind of worried about people behind me. But like, yeah, it's 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 between you and the fish, man, and you just you you compete with them and try and get them to bite. That's that's the number one goal. All right, I said that, and, and uh, I, I led you into the pet answer, which is it's just you and the fish, and you don't care who who you're fishing against, and and that's the right thing to say. But you you can be honest with me here. You, you look and you see a Hackney or an Iconelli, uh, you know, uh, starting their boats in the water. Do, do you look at that and say, and just shake your head and go, "What the hell am I doing here fishing against those guys?" That's got to be mind blowing. Yeah, that was that was the thing, man. Like, I mean, this is my second event, and I'm 
like I, I guess it was after day three i'm sitting there in the line and they've got me and greg like they'll hold, they'll hold us back till the end you know to kind of the final end of the way in and i'm sitting there chatting with greg hackney never met him before in my life and i'm like this guy i mean it's, it's just you know you're just sitting there in awe like and and getting to you know mike iconelli coming up and shaking my hand and, and uh just all those guys it's 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 mind-blowing it's unreal uh but but you know what and it's the highest level and and that's what you gotta expect you gotta you gotta get in there and battle it out with those dudes and um it just makes it all that much sweeter do the veterans treat you well or is uh, do they treat you well, or is there a lot of uh, chap busting because of uh, your inexperience? No, no. I, I tell you what, it's been open arms. Like, really, these guys, all these, they're really not respecting me. They, they've been doing this a while, and um, they, they, treat, they treat us rookies really good. Now, if I go end up winning a few more tournaments, <laughs> they may not be, but... Uh, but no, they they would they're they they know that they know how it works and they're they're super super nice guys. I I couldn't believe that. I mean, just the Brandon Polinick to to uh, say his name like he, you know, right there before the weigh in on the last day, and he came up and and chatted with me and took pictures and they were filming me and talking to him and and he's he's just a really awesome genuine guy. I never met him before in my life, you know, but you could tell like they're just just a big group of uh, really good guys. Yeah, that's excellent. That is excellent there. Let's talk let's talk about your career. How did you uh uh get to the elites? Uh, so last year I fished the Southern Opens and um I made it that way. I, I fished just just those tournaments and I think I had I finished second at Kissimmee Chain, I finished eighteenth at Cherokee, and then I had a Kind of a lower finish, like maybe 40th or 35th, somewhere in there at um, Hartwell to finish the year out, and uh, finished just finished third in the points. I was leading the points the whole deal, and um, so yeah, that's the way I qualified to okay. the opens. I think that is uh, fantastic. What what you qualified? Was there any doubt in your accepting the invitation? No, not at all. Um, not not even. Um, it, no, I, I was going because, you know, where, where I was sitting at, um, I didn't qualify for the for the Bass Pro Tour and um, that the, kind of that that uh, tackle warehouse or I guess it was a tackle warehouse pro circuit. It's now that they call it the invitationals. It yeah. was, you know, the payout was getting a little worse. I mean, it's still pretty good if you win, but um, uh, I just I, I felt like I wasn't going in the in the right direction, and so when I qualified for the lead series, um, you know that was really my goal last year was to do that because I knew kind of the way it was headed. So, um, so yeah, it turned out to be pretty good. Well, I, if making money right now is your goal, you're certainly accomplishing that. Win a hundred thousand dollars in uh, your first year on the elites. Where does qualifying for a Bassmaster Classic rank? on your goals for the future uh, it's not it's number one if i can yeah, I if that. i can yeah yeah that's that's my uh well really my my number one goal is was to try and win a tournament um that that's kind of my ultimate goal but um besides that it is make the Bassmaster classic that tournament i've been to a few of them and it is unbelievable it's like anything i've ever seen the amount of people that show up and um, it, that's, that's definitely, if I can make that, then I'll have a chance at maybe doing, uh, maybe making the rookie of the year, which is another goal of mine. And then, 
hey, if I fish well enough, I'm 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 trying to get angler of the year too. So I I got a lot of goals there, but uh, Bassmaster Classic is number one. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, rookie rookie of the year. This is a you made great strides towards that. Uh, and people who don't follow it, this is the second elite tournament of the year. The first one you finished nineteenth, which is absolutely an incredible first tournament. Nineteenth is a grand finish. Uh, winning the second one, th- this has got you. I mean, there's a lot of season left, but uh, for rookie of the year, I think you're positioned really well, and you're you're right up there for angler of the year because you hit. It, that means angler of the year is awarded for consistency, and nineteenth is gosh darn good. Uh, you know they they. You look at it and say, if you fall out of, uh, if you have a finish below 50, that's going to hurt you. It's it's tough to uh, get an angler of the year if one of your tournaments you're below 50. But you're certainly proven that uh, uh, a top 20 finish could be in, in striking distance for you all the rest of the way. So I think you've got a real good shot at uh, meeting a lot of your goals this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. I'm going to keep the train rolling, man. And uh Keep trying to catch big fish every day. <laughs> and let's talk about uh, uh, t- talking about your career. We'll get out of this and talk about the the tournament itself. But uh, you're you're uh, a lot of guys develop uh, uh, little clusters of friends that they travel with and share information, share expenses or whatever. Uh, you've got one of the absolute legends of all time traveling with you and helping you and sharing information. I'm sure you're helping him, but, but your, your fishing buddy is, uh, is, is the one and only Larry Nixon. Yeah. He's, he's been a, I mean, a mentor of mine. We, we got hooked up, you know, back in the day when I started co-angling and, um, I learned so much from Larry and, and he's just a, he's just a really good guy, a great teacher. And he's, he's taught me so much about bass fishing and it's, it's been pretty cool. Oh man, it's, that is absolutely incredible. Because uh, I, I can't imagine being in your position without somebody to turn to with experience for questions outside of fishing. Not what color should I be throwing or what bait should I be using. Talking about things like uh, where should I be staying? Uh, how far in advance do I have to reserve places? What about the travel? You know, there, there, there's there's so much that can prey on your mind other than how to catch fish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, other things like, you know, stuff in the fishing industry and sponsors and how to, how to do, make decisions and certain things you do and reputations you don't want. Like he's seen it all and he's seen, he's seen how, you know, sponsors come and go and, and different things like that. So, I mean, it's, uh, I've learned from the best, man. I mean, Larry Nixon's one of the greatest, if not the greatest anglers ever lived, in my opinion. I mean, for sure. And uh, he's 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 helped me out with all those all those things. So it's been pretty cool. Hey, and you know what? He he's a great guy and a class act, absolute class from top to bottom, uh, and not not a bad person to try to emulate at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's. Pretty, he's pretty good, and uh, he's still. Let me tell you something, man. He's had a he had a, a rough couple goes there uh, um, these first couple tournaments, but um, he he'll get in there and he'll he'll shine and he'll do good. He can still catch fish, I promise you. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. You're both from Arkansas. Where in Arkansas are you from? 
Um, we we live uh, at North Central Arkansas. Just um, if you know where uh, Conway is, we live about thirty minutes north of Conway on sixty five. Goes up towards Springfield. Uh, just I live I live out of a little town called Clinton, and Larry lives close to a town called Quitman. But we're we're about fifteen minutes apart, so we see each other uh, you know once a week and. Um, but yeah, that's where we live, right there. I, I have spent some time uh, uh, for business in, in Arkansas, and I always joke around. I love Arkansas because it's the biggest collection of small towns in the country. Uh, you're you're going on the highway, and you see the sign, green sign for the next sign coming up. It'll say population three hundred, then the speed limit goes back up, and then it slows down. The next city's population four hundred and ten. And uh, you, you can put a lot of miles on that car before you hit a town that's got a thousand people in it. It's uh, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it is uh, Arkansas. Other than the couple of big cities, it is a great collection of small town America, and it, it's it's really like the backbone of the country when you look at it. Yeah, it's a beautiful state, and for an angler, um, you, you've got a lot of diversity too, fishing wise. You've got like deep clear lakes and you got river and grass and i mean it's a great place to learn how to fish okay let's take a quick break i'd like to uh, let our sponsors have a word and i'd like to come back and uh, let joey see what these sponsors have a word we're gonna find out who is uh, keeping him on the water what his plans for the rest of the season are and uh, talk a little bit more and maybe give us a couple of pointers on bass fishing I'm Steve Starley. This is We Fish ASA. We will be right back. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuable safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley here with Joey Cifuentes. Joey won the Bassmaster Elite Tournament just this past weekend on Lake Seminole in Georgia. He's a rookie. Uh, 
proven that he belongs right from the beginning. No, no doubts about that. Uh, that that's got to be a great thing for your confidence. I imagine it really moves you into a whole nother class of confidence. Were, were you a little bit nervous or shaky? Was you? Did you feel like you needed a boost in confidence? Uh, yeah, I was nervous. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you <laughs> you can't be not nervous going fishing one of these tournaments and especially going in the last day. I mean, um, and I knew I needed to fish clean. That's kind of like if, if you watch on camera, I lost a few fish and I just, I you know, you don't know what other people are doing and you got to expect them to catch big bags. So, but yeah, um, just staying positive out there, man, fishing hard. You have fished tournaments in the past on, on other lesser circuits. Uh, under the more traditional means where at the end of the day you go in there, you bring your bag up, they weigh it, and they tell you how you did. You're, you're in a league right now where you know live time what's going on and what you need to catch to move up or stay where you're at, and you get to know what the other guys are doing. Does that affect the way you fish? Um. No, I mean, no. I, I try and just I try and just do my thing, and and like I said, if it if it works out, it works out. But but no, I I, I like to I like to stay focused on what I'm doing and uh, just just fish hard, man. I mean, you can't you really can't worry about all that all that other stuff. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's you yeah, just got to yeah. stay focused. All right, tell us about Lake Seminole. What's what's that like? Uh, is it like any other lake you have fished before? Uh, just describe the water to me. Yeah. So Lake Seminoles is pretty diverse. It's got, um, it's got some really clear water. Spring Creek is where I fished and, um, it's got a lot of timber in it. Um, I'm used to, I live in Arkansas, so we have a lot of timber in our lakes. And so I, I fish around that stuff all the time. So it, it wasn't really anything new to me. Um, but it, besides that, and you got the you got the Chattahoochee River and the Flint River that comes in, and there's tons of grass in that place. It's just it's just a it's a great place for big bass and for for a lot of fish to to grow up and live big. So, um, but it, but it's super diverse, and um, yeah, that the the particular area I was fishing in Spring Creek, it's gin clear. There's hydrilla grass out to 15 foot, and um, a lot of standing timber out there off of the flats and uh, on the outside edge of the grass. That's kind of what I was targeting to catch catch my fish. And, and in what uh, what stage of the spawn are the bass in on this particular lake? So really, there and I didn't really learn this until uh, I started, you know, get through the tournament. But uh, they were there was both uh, spawn and post-spawn fish. I guess it was warm there uh, before we got there and there were some fish that already spawned. I didn't learn that until, mm. you know, the first, the first day I had healthy fish. I had just under uh, 20 pounds. And then um, the second day I had all pre-spawn and I had almost 26 and they were, they were just all fat and healthy. They looked beautiful just coming in, you know, out here, out, they were just out there in the timber, you know, just kind of swimming in. And then, and then day three, I had a little bit less weight. I think I just had under 21 pounds, but they were all skinny and, and post-spawn. Like, there was no doubt they all had spawned out. And so that's what uh, made me, you know, like what I had because I had fish coming and going. So, but yeah, they were in, they were in all the stages, man. It was, it was pretty neat. That makes it, that makes it really difficult uh, uh, to, to prepare when you're uh, when you're looking at something like that, especially when they've got different stages happening at the same time, but obviously you figured it out 
and you did real well. What was the best presentation for you during this tournament? Yeah, so uh, I was I was using a drop shot, keeping it really simple. I had 12-pound test. Um, I used a bigger rod. Uh, uh, Abby Garcia makes a, a rod that's a spinner rod, 7.6, medium heavy, a little bit larger than I normally use, but those fish were in that timber, and I needed to horse them out. So I, I upped my leader to 12-pound test and 15-pound uh, uh, braid on there, and I was just, just flip, pitching a drop shot with a little hand-poured worm, Super simple, quarter ounce weight, like I do all over the country, and uh, that's that's basically what I was using. Okay, that sounds good. And, and, and what yeah. do you, what do you what are you, uh, what are you uh, tipping those uh, drop shot hooks with? Uh, say that again. What, what what kind of plastic are you using on them hooks? Uh, it, it was just a hand poured worm, just a just a basic uh, hand poured worm, like kind of a drop shot worm. Color make any difference? Uh, yeah, I was using uh, which is the color I use all over the country. It was morning dawn, so um, it's a it's a really good color. I catch fish on it everywhere. All right, absolutely excellent, very very good. Um, you talked about fishing clean, and when you're talking about fishing clean, define that in your in your uh, realm of existence. What is what does fishing clean mean to Joey Cifuentes? Um, you know, just just really not losing fish uh that's that's really the main thing we whenever we say that that's what we mean but also you know kind of making the the right decisions at the right time and, and where you go and and not making any mental mental errors or mistakes or getting bent out of shape and um that's that's also a a, a part of fishing clean but um you know typically losing fish is if you're going to win a tournament you you can't have i mean you might get away with a couple mistakes but um unlike i did i i did that last day i got lucky and um but that's that's fishing clean okay when we talk about that and losing fish and you did lose a a, a good fish at the boat on the last day which uh that would have haunted you forever if you hadn't turned around and won this thing uh, you, you, what can you do to eliminate that problem of losing fish? Now, the average weekend angler is listening to this, and we certainly lose a lot of fish, and, and uh, there are many reasons for it. And when I look at you guys on TV, I see you, you bring those fish right in real fast. You get them to the boat, whoop, over the side, into the boat. You're, you're in there. A lot of the average guys seem to play the fish for too long. Do you do you agree with that? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it depends. I I would say, uh, just depends on what you're. If you're dealing with smallmouth or something like that, I tend to just let them burn out. Like I, I want them to wear themselves out. Uh -huh. um, but usually, you're using a smaller hook, and and you you know you've got them pegged. You just gotta you just gotta kind of let them let them. Uh, and and a lot of times you're using light line with them. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, there, I want to get those fish up as fast as I can. I don't want to give them more opportunities to jump. Um, but you don't want to, you don't want to rush it too much. You just, you kind of have to just see how, you know, how the fish reacts. I mean, I had some fish that were real kind of lethargic. It was more those post-spawn fish. They didn't, they didn't fight much, but those pre-spawners, man, they pulled, but I, I wanted to pull on them harder because there was so much standing timber around me, um, that, you you couldn't let them you couldn't let them go anywhere because if you did you're it's just a matter of time before you lost them but or lose them but 
Um, yeah, I would say uh, for the weekend guy, um, make sure you got make sure you got good solid, uh, not too stiff and big of hooks. I see a lot of guys using too big of hooks that are too heavy gauge, and they they're just not they're not going to get in the fish's mouth and hold there. You know, you can you can um, you can land some really big fish on some light 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 wire hooks. So I would I would tend to to stick with those and just so you can get some better hookups. Excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. I, uh, uh, setting the hook is probably the most basic thing to catch and fish. And I think another weekend angler error is that a lot of guys don't set the hook hard enough. And all you got to do is pay attention when you're watching the Bassmasters on television. Man, you guys set the hook. Uh, there's nothing gentle about that at all. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that's a big deal because and something I do and you have to make sure of this, especially using a spinning rod because I use I utilize my drag with it, but um, making sure that thing's tight, like get it down to where it won't slip when you set the hook. If you if you go to set the hook and your drag's going, you're not getting that hook in the fish's mouth. So always tighten that thing back up, and then after you get that hook and you set it hard in the fish, then loosen your drag, and let, and if you if you have, you know, if you can let the fish play a little bit, do that, but but really make sure your drag's good and hammer down on them, man. I mean, that's, these, these fishing lines we have now, they're, they're pretty solid. You can, you can, you can get, um, you can put some force on them, so. Excellent. I, I had a guy, I, I fished with a guy once, he, he taught, he would, uh, he set the hook, uh, uh, do some cranking, and set the hook again. And he said, I always set that hook a second time. And I'm like, if you do it right the first time, I don't see what you're doing here other than trying to snap it off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know, but it's, it's something for everybody. But I, I'd rather listen to somebody who's got a $100,000 check in his pocket telling me how to set the hook than some weekend guy telling me he said, so you did a great job of explaining that. If, uh, yeah. if uh, tell us your per how old are you and what's your family situation? Um, so I'm uh, 34, pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I uh, I have my I'm married, been married for about five six years. I've got two daughters, one's four, the other one's two. And um, uh, a lot of people don't know this. I I was born and raised in Florida. I lived there a lot. Grew up saltwater fishing down there, and um, when I was 16, I moved to Arkansas. So I live there with my family. I live on a, a cattle ranch, run run uh, Black Angus beef cattle, and uh, do that kind of on the side besides fishing. Oh wow, cool! Hey, uh, at the uh, at the at the weigh-in and the trophy presentation, check presentation, uh, they they almost had to go out and build onto that stage. Uh, you had quite the uh, quite the cheering section down there at. Uh, at, at Lake Seminole, who were all those people on the stage with you? Uh, so that was my family. They they I, they completely surprised me and drove down and showed up. My wife, my two daughters, my sister and her two daughters, and my mom and dad. And then I had um, I have a group of friends that are from Florida that are some uh, family friends, and they they come watch me every tournament. So they were in a boat. I don't know if people saw pictures of them on uh, on the internet, but they were out there wearing their cowboy hats, and they were on the boat cheering me on every fish I caught. And um, they're just some they're just some good family friends, and they were there supporting me too. I didn't have them on stage, but but yeah, that was just my uh, my family there. Love the cowboy hats. Do you have any kind of nickname yet? 
They just call me the cowboy. I figured. I, <laughs> so, I, I figured as much. We'll, we'll let it. I'm not even going to waste any brain power trying to figure out a new nickname for you. Joey the yeah. Cowboy Sefuentes is cool enough, man. You you are cool. You are good, and uh, you got a great future in front of you, Joey. I'd like to thank you for being with us. I know life has got to be spinning for you with this big win under your belt. All the phone calls for interviews and filming and demands you're getting right now but I, I appreciate your being with us and i just want to wish you the best of luck i see you, i want to follow you nail down that uh uh angler of the year rookie of the year this is going to be so cool best of luck to you my friend thank you sir it's been a pleasure excellent joey de fuentes what a good guy he is that wraps up this week's edition of the we fish asa podcast the best start fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire usa I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston. I'd like to thank Clayton Yantis from Fallen Outdoors. What a great organization. And I would also like to thank my guest for today, Joey Sefuentes, Bassmaster Elite winner this past weekend. He's a rookie. Boy, oh boy, this guy's got a great career ahead of him, doesn't he? I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. They've got your bass covered. They sure do. Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. Don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. Talk to us. Tell us what's going on. If you like what you hear, let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or someone we ought to have on this show, please let us know that too. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.